As a thankful recipient of many, many skincare products over the years, I've learned to discern what is naturally actually activating my skin to rebalance and recalibrate on its own. That's what your skin is meant to be doing, and it keeps getting disrupted by all these choices that we make. So, when the founder and creator of Herbal Face Food reached out to me, I was all ears. I didn't know why at first. It turns out that Herbal Face Food is the most potent antioxidant skincare line on the market today, period. The raw plant ingredients in each of their products are never processed, never manipulated with synthetics or emulsifiers. These anti-aging botanicals are combined with the most precious plant concentrates, and they have changed my skin. Here's how. I'm going to talk about two of the products, the Herbal Face Food Serums and the Cream. The serums contain powerful phytoenzymes and antioxidants. These are activated and infused into your tissues. They hydrate and increase the resiliency of your skin, and they feel like they're plumping up your face. I use Serum 1 daily. I use Serum 2 when I'm tired and I need extra firming for my skin. And I use the X, which is also known as the Cure, for a small patch of rosacea that flares up every now and again, which you cannot see because of these products. When you feed your skin with herbal face food, you will feel real live ingredients at work. An activating flush, an invigorating tingle, some warmth, all of these are evidence of your skin healing at the cellular level and years of damage reversing. The cream is the most potent moisturizer I've ever tried, and I've tried them all. I live in the high desert. This cream contains 102 of the world's most powerful anti-aging botanicals and is also the world's first and only edible SPF <laughs> with a protection rating of SPF 50+. Plus. And this is accomplished 100% by plant power. And you can expect intense hydration, soothing for your tired skin. You can expect to see inflammation calmed and rebuilding of elasticity so your complexion looks and feels more smooth, and more radiant. Herbal face food is not plant-based. It's plant-powered. It has the highest rating on the ORAC anti-aging scale. ORAC means oxygen radical absorbance capacity. I never knew what that meant before. Highest, over 30 million on that scale. By contrast, vitamin C in skincare rates under 100,000. Herbal face food is using all post-consumer recycled materials and packaging. They use glass and aluminum, which is super easy to recycle as well. The products and packaging are 99% free of plastics. They contain no ingredients that involve the destruction or harm of any plant, animal, or marine life. These are 100% plants only, these products. These active concentrates are coming from the seeds, the fruits, the leaves, or the flowers of the plants only. These products have been a complete revolution for me. I know that you will love the way your skin looks and feels after using it even for just a day or two. And the best part is that Herbal Face Food has offered us, you, my community, a code to receive 20% off forever, ever. The code is capital E-L-E-N-A 20. Once again, that's my name in all caps, ELENA2020. The site is herbalfacefood.com. The code is all caps ELENA20. It's not just your first purchase, it's any purchase. You will love these products, and I am so grateful 
herbal face food for the change that you have made in my life. Thank you. Welcome to the Practice You podcast. My name is Elena Brower. Together, we'll explore and enjoy content and conversations around mastering transitions. In our relations, our wellness, our careers, our families, and especially in our missions and visions. You are invited to learn and love and listen with me. Welcome to Practice You. Welcome back to the podcast. I have with me a colleague of several years who has impressed me with her presence, her grace, her commitment, her activism. Her name is Dawn Rivers. She has been a librarian, a yoga teacher, a practitioner, and she is most notably the only solo African-American woman-owned yoga studio in the state of Ohio. Dawn, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much. I'm excited to be here. I'm so happy to have you. You have seen firsthand the need for more inclusivity in yoga for women of color, and decided to create what you wanted to see, uh, graduating 12 black women as yoga teachers with black women representing 85% of your staff. Yes. Uh, The name of your studio is Daybreak Yoga. It is, as you say, a safe space for all individuals to practice. Uh, You open to be a light on a hill for those who have not felt at home or comfortable attending other yoga studios. And your humble beginnings, which is where I wanna start, Okay. In July 2013, uh, you graduated from yoga teacher training. You had the idea of Daybreak Yoga being a quote-unquote light on a hill to share your stories, your journey, use yoga to help people find happiness and healing. That summer, you got your first private clients, 2013, and from there you began teaching at Local Wise and had a couple of corporate clients. In 2016, I'm so proud of you, you rented a room in the back of a martial (laughs) arts studio to see if you had what it takes. Of course you did. And you also started using social media to market the brand and grow your offerings. Let's start there. What gave you the courage to go and and ask the guy at the martial arts studio if you could have the back? Okay, so I didn't ask him. I'll tell you how the story was. Um, I was doing a corporate event for uh, a boys group. It was called like, from boys to men, it was a health event and they wanted young urban and suburban students to have connections to lots of different options. They learned how to do interviewing, creating resumes. They learned about uh, physical appearance. They had barbers there, health and fitness. And this was maybe like my third or fourth time. And they asked me if I would do yoga. I said, okay, of course. And I'm teaching yoga to a bunch of kids, a bunch of boys. And then this guy comes up to me and he says, do you have a yoga studio? And I said, are you flirting with me? (laughs) That's the best response ever. Are you flirting with me? (laughs) And he said, well, no. And I'm like, well, you should be. Anyway, um, he said, no, I have a martial arts studio. And I was wanting to like incorporate yoga. I have a space in the back. And I just was like, who is this person? I have no idea who you are. I asked my best girlfriend if she would go with me because, you know, 
it might not be real. And it was. And he said, no, like, seriously, I think that martial arts and yoga are a good combination. And, you know, you can try it out. And I said, well, I have a full time job and um, I'm teaching yoga all over. But yeah, let me try. So that summer I had like my first summer offer, six weeks of yoga. I did morning and evening and weekend classes for like ninety nine dollars or something like that and put flyers on people's cars, posted them up on um, messaging boards around public libraries and grocery stores, boutiques, wherever I could leave a postcard or a flyer, I did. Then I created things on Facebook because Instagram wasn't like quite a thing yet and just started there. And that's how it happened. It's so incredible to hear the sort of origin stories of these yoga studios. They're all so different and so heartfelt, you know, and earnest. And so many have closed now, mm -hmm. uh, now that it's 2022. And I'm really happy that you have not. Um, you have had some pretty serious trials of late. And I would love for you to share with our listener about the flood and what happened and <laughs> if there is still the raise happening so that our listener can be tuned into that too. Thank you. Um, yeah. Well, I was very excited about 2022. 2020 was difficult with um, COVID things happening. We weren't online and COVID cases were coming across Ohio pretty quickly and our governor shut us down, but I decided to close temporarily before everyone else did. I was pretty nervous. I had my first yoga, te yoga teacher training cohort and um, it was Friday, March 13th, 2020. And I sat in my office and cried thinking like, oh my God, what am I gonna do? I quit my job <laughs> just a few months ago. <laughs> Yeah. And my community, they rallied around me. People said, I'll help you um, figure things out. Folks share, shared with me ideas on how to get stuff started. So that whole weekend I researched, I watched countless hours of videos, webinars, and we were back on and ready that Tuesday. My team had, had dwindled a little bit. So I only had really a couple of teachers and one said she wasn't ready to teach online. And the other one, she wasn't quite ready yet either. So that first start, I taught pretty much every class online and I didn't really know what I, what I was doing, but it worked out. And we, I graduated my students by that May and hired two people. So the pandemic helped me learn how to teach people online and help my students when they graduate know how to teach online. So there was a silver lining. So we were okay. We reopened in July and we still have the hybrid classes on live stream. Mm -hmm. And 2021 was pretty decent. We, I was growing and learning about business and had some opportunities. Decided that I wanted to do some upgrades to our studio because we're a storefront. I didn't have pretty much any financial backing. I did everything myself. And I always wanted to have new floors and then next have updated ceilings, updated bathroom, and then other updates. So I was like, okay, yeah, we're going to get a new floor in 2022. I already decided we're going to be closed at last week of, of December, open fresh on January 1st. But 
December 27th, I get a text from my landlord saying, oh, there's water coming. Like there's some water. It seems like coming in from your side, but the business next door is seeing some, some water. And I'm thinking, well, there's always been drips. They probably just have a couple of drips in the ceiling. I turn on the cameras. I don't see anything. I didn't turn on the volume to check the, you know, like the security cameras. Went down there, opened the door and screamed. <laughs> water was flooding in from the ceiling. So what happened is the roof drain pipe somehow got disconnected from another drain and the water just poured in. Elena, it was pouring in. I'm screaming like, oh my gosh. So uh, the neighbor business came in. They helped me move furniture. We had lighting up. We had yoga props. And the new baseboards were right underneath this flooding of water. And I didn't, I think I just went into shock because I was very calm. And I was breathing. I was doing the whole yoga thing. (laughs) Um, As As we we do. do. I was like, well, who am I if I don't actually practice what I teach? Right? I'm a fraud if I do that, because I I tell people to tap into the breath, to be still, to be present. And I had to be. Um, Plus, there was nothing I could do. The water wouldn't stop until roofers came and connected uh, the pipes. However, my landlord is very great. He got the roofers in, the team of insurance people and contractors were in within the next 90 minutes moving things around, bringing in uh, the dry vacs or wet vacs, I guess, uh, dehumidifiers and fans. Mm -hmm. But when they started to cut the drywall is when I really had to go home because um, my former boyfriend and I painted the whole space. And to see the work that you did literally be cut away was traumatic. Um, However, they put the walls back up then last week they painted it so we got a fresh new coat of paint and my original contractor finished the floors this entire weekend so he worked 14 hour days to get this done and then the insurance contractors are finishing up a few things so i should be reopened by thursday at the latest what a gorgeous story of being supported by your community Wow. Yeah. Okay. The community well, is incredible. spot on, which reminds me of why Daybreak was started because it wasn't really just for me to say, hey, I want to do this yoga thing because who would want to do a brick and mortar business? It's, it's not for the faint of heart. And I realized through my Reiki training that I'm actually built for this. So I'm built, I feel like sometimes to hold things on my back for other people. So Daybreak as a studio space is there for women of color, especially to try to have a place to see if they can do whatever their project or product is, to have a place to launch because we don't always get that. I've been told no so many times And I don't want to tell people, no, I'm like, well, let's try. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, we can rework it and come back and see if it happens a second time. And when people have a place to 
be safe and secured and supported for idea, then they have courage to take it further. That's why you are one of my heroes. What? You are. You're facilitating the change that I would love to see more widespread throughout all the communities of yoga. I want to see more women of color. Yes, people of color, but women of color <laughs> creating their dream business, be it yoga yeah. or otherwise, but particularly in yoga, because women of color do not feel comfortable in primarily predominantly white yoga spaces. It's, it's, you can't even, when I started to really wrap my mind around it a couple of years ago, it was already the pandemic and I was, it was already done and I had closed my studio six years prior, but it really struck me hard how difficult it must be. And I have very dear closest mm -hmm. best friends of color who have explained precisely from firsthand experience what it feels like. And it is daunting to say the very least. So what's interesting for me is I was so desperately in need of yoga that I didn't always notice some of these microaggressions that other people were facing. I needed a place, a sanctuary to be on my mat as I was healing and rediscovering myself that when I would say, Hey, come on, you should come to yoga with me. And folks were like, uh, -uh. <laughs> I don't want to go there. Cause it was an all white space. I should say majority white space. It wasn't all white and it was a hot studio. And as women of color, sometimes African-American women in particular, or black women, heat is not something that they want to do with their hair because it's hair is a big process. So I got that, but I was like, we're not our hair, but not everyone is ready for that or wants that, or that's their thing. Or when folks look at you a certain way and your body doesn't look like the quote unquote yoga body, or if somebody says that's my space, that's my spot, or, you know, I'm usually over here. They don't, a person's not going to come back. And all these stories were told to me. And when I went to a woman of color, yoga retreat by Octavia Rahim a few years back and heard these stories of all of these issues and how they said, I almost quit yoga. People have told me that I almost, I didn't go back. And I even have trainees who've said that they were like, if it weren't for you, I would not have continued in yoga. So when I came back and, and really started to work on daybreak after being in this experience, I said, I got to do better myself because I'm teaching the white way. I'm not teaching the, the right way. I'm not teaching the way that makes it more inclusive. So I wasn't as a person of color myself. I was like, oh yeah, you could do this. Everybody could do yoga. But I was thinking everybody could do the power yoga that I was trained as and no, everybody can't nor wants to do power vinyasa. Amen. <laughs> But I at got. the time, Elena, I didn't even know there were other types of yoga because I had practiced power vinyasa for so long. And then when I was in a restorative class, I said, wait, this is yoga? What is this magic? <laughs> what is this magic? That's where Octavia just like, mm -hmm. shines. She was just on the podcast too. I think it was episode 112. Yeah, she's good. Um, 
the best of the best. I love studying with her online too. I look forward to her book mm -hmm, launch mm -hmm. soon. You know, I want to just touch on for a moment without harping or perseverating for too long. So that my white listener uh, really understands the plight and the position of a black person coming into a white space. I've heard stories of, oh, you know, your hair is so beautiful. Speaking of hair, like a white person would think that that was a compliment, but actually it's a really strange sideways discomfort mm -hmm. for a person of color. I don't know if there's any other examples that you might be able to share just to sort of edify our white listener, not to make us wrong, white person mm -hmm. wrong, but to, you know, just help kind of bridge the divide and help, uh, you know, a white person to understand, be uh, more considerate and more um, sure. aware. Well, the issue of black hair goes back centuries, centuries and centuries and centuries. Enslaved people, we were removed from the natural products that were used in Africa on in our hair. And hair became brittle and dry and the intricate styling was offensive to um, you know, the, the people who owned the enslaved folks and, and hair had to be covered. It had to be covered in, um, rags or some kind of, you know, like covered. So because it was seen as distasteful or even ugly, it's been ingrained systemically for years, for, for generations. So when black women have gone through even court cases to say that my hair looks professional because it's braided or it's locked or it's, it's in a natural hairstyle and we've been accused of making other people uncomfortable because this is how the hair grows out of my scalp. And then for someone to say to you, oh, your hair is X, Y, and Z we don't necessarily need to hear that just you know mm -mm. just leave it alone <laughs> because it's it's just so much to it and when people ask the questions well how long did it take you to get your hair braided or is that your hair or all these things black people don't ask white people that black women never asks that we don't ask other people that so it's just take the time to become acquainted with me as a person, ask me about my yoga practice. Ask me about my yoga journey. Why did, why did you come to yoga? It's probably similar to your story. And then we have a connection right there. We're, we're in the same space for a reason. The reminder, if you're listening and you're uncomfortable right now, the reminder is when you think about something to say to somebody that might you know, make you more comfortable, but you haven't considered if they would be more comfortable. This is a really good example of turn the tables for just a hot second and see if, like Dawn said, a person of color would ask me, like, is that your hair? <laughs> like, no fucking way. That would never happen. So just check in. I think that's the most important thing. It really helped me to hear couple of stories of friends of mine back in the day over the last several years and 
to, to recalibrate how I think about things. And it's an important effort that a white person actually can make without making a big deal out of it, no drama. Just make the effort to really consider how your words will actually serve in this moment. And I appreciated also the comment about just, you know, ask me about my damn kids. Ask me about my practice. Ask me about my mm -hmm. life, not about my appearance. Yes, for sure. Yeah, and thank you for that. I was just going to talk about your retreat, so I want to make sure that oh, we get okay. that in. Um, you teach a retreat in Ohio in May. This is my first, I'm going to say, all open to all yoga retreat. I have done three women of color yoga retreats, but I decided to do one for the greater community. I have amazing men and women who have been supportive and they just want to connect and hang out. And I'm like, I get it. So the one in May and it's called Wakeman, Ohio. It's uh, hmm. Episcopal Diocese owns this retreat place. It is so gorgeous. Mm -hmm. It's on a farm. Everything is really literally farm to table. The chef mm -hmm. works with the um, farmers on like creating dishes based on what's in season. And if you, you know, if you're not plant-based and you, you still eat meat, they have fresh butchered meat. And when the animals are eating naturally, you know, grown things instead of uh, feed that's uh, fortified, the flavors of the meat are different. So when I was at a retreat doing like some recognizance, <laughs> the people were like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. It's so delicious. And the, the chef knew that I don't eat meat and he made things that were surprisingly delicious. And I was so well-fed, not hungry, was comfortable sitting there. So I was like, I'm gonna have a retreat here for everybody. So that's what's in May. Beautiful. I just call it a surrender and release because surrender was my word of 2021. I read so much about surrender. I even read um, this book, this guy named Coot Blackman. He sent me his book and I was like, who are you? Just came in the mail. And I read this book about the magic of surrender and it was so powerful as well as like Marianne Williamson. She does a lot on surrender as well. And it continues to be, I think, an issue, especially for highly motivated, driven type A, you know, that kind of person, which is me, to surrender to and, and be ready to receive. If we open up the hands, you know, stop clenching, how can God, how can the universe give you? You think you got it all. Can't give you a gift if your hands are clenched and closed, if your heart is, if your ideals are so fixed. So the idea is to surrender physically, emotionally, spiritually, release some of this heaviness and be ready to receive countless blessings. So in our retreat, I have a keynote speaker who's one of my yoga friends here. She is, she calls herself like a spiritual, almost like a spiritual gangster. She, she's dynamic in the way that she shares her journey. So she's going to kick us off. I have one of my friends who's an artist and she's going to create an experience around probably 
mixed media. They'll make something to take with them to help them surrender. Then we'll have a sound um, bath. That's the last thing, the last day, also based around surrendering. And then all the yoga that I'll teach will help people surrender, release, and be ready to receive. Hmm. I think the most important aspect of that is the opening of the hands, like the, the emptying of the yeah. cup. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for that. You teach a retreat in June in Puerto Rico. I uh, went to Puerto Rico last year. I, I jumped on a friend's trip. <laughs> she said her, her brother and his girlfriend, their birthdays were around the same time and they were going down to Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico for a birthday thing. And I was like, well, can I go? I'm not going to stay with you, but can I go? And she was like, yeah. So I got an Airbnb, five minute walk from the ocean. And I fell in love with Puerto Rico. Oh my gosh. And I didn't realize that it's one of the tips on the Bermuda Triangle. So the second time I went down there, it was very specific. I went to, to look at yoga retreat centers <laughs> and I got lost going on the way, but looking at the rainforest and all this green, beautiful, found it, stood um, at like the prefaces of everything. And I was like, the mountains are over here. The ocean is over there. Ah, I was just, I fell in love. And so the retreat center owner, he told me more about like this magical kind of experience people usually have where time slows down in Puerto Rico and you can accomplish more than you ever thought. And it was my birthday because you and I were talking. Remember, I was down there. I remember well, very well. I made you cry, I think. I, you did make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> so after I got off the phone with you and I had my dinner, I got my car out. They let me have free parking and I turned the wrong way to get out of this like hotels compound. And it took me 20 minutes or so to find the real exit. And then I got lost going back. And I was like, you know, so I think this is a two messages. First of all, no one knows where you are. <laughs> You're down here driving by yourself, except for you, Elena. Um, and then the secondly, I said, I don't need to see the second retreat center. Where I went to today was perfect. And um, the rest of the time I just journaled, I read, I cried, I meditated, I prayed. And I was only there for maybe like four full days, but time did slow down. And I felt such a release and such an awakening. So I call that yoga retreat, awakening the light within. Mm. And to me is it all goes back to like dawn and daybreak. And when I was in college, I was a like quote unquote campus minister where we go around and be like, you need to come to church. And I got like baptized for the second time. And this woman um, said to me, your aura is like so beautiful and strong. And I didn't know what aura was. This was 1987. I didn't know what that was. And then someone else, maybe it was her, said to me, you're a light on a hill. And I said, okay. Mm. Uh, again, I don't know what that is, but it always stuck with me. And so when you see the Daybreak logo, it's the sun coming out of hills, like two hills. Right. And the idea is to spread love and light and possibility. So the awakening, this light within, it's in all of us. Dawn, I love the fact of the 
intentionality behind everything you do. I think that's also part of what makes you one of my heroes. Um, I need you to stop saying that because I, mm. it's true. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like if you actually really need me to stop saying that I will, but you are one of my heroes. I have a short list and you're somebody that I've watched just get what you want and create what you wanted to see. And that makes you a hero to me. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. But you know, I'm happy to stop saying that the damn thing. If it just makes me, I'm, I'm just, you know, like me. Yeah. yeah. You. Okay. The thing that we have to start really seeing as a, as a collective is the fact that we have within our midst, the biggest heroes that are not famous on social media, even though you kind of are, that are not creating some multi-million dollar, whatever the hell they're sitting right next to us on the bus. And it's really important that we start to communicate in this way that so we so we can recognize each other when we see each other. You don't know who's right next to you. You're right. I thank you for that. And I'm still learning to accept when people say those things, because this past weekend, I had pretty much like the second to the last cohort uh, training for yoga teacher training. Mm. And we had some blips, my my uh, landlord said I could use another storefront in our plaza, but there was no heat. And it's cold in Ohio right now. And I thought, well, maybe I did the heat wrong, but it never came back on. So it was like 45 degrees in this space. Hmm. And one of my friends, I was telling him and he knew I was struggling with this. And he just kind of refinished the floors of his house and hadn't put his um, furniture back in there. And he said, you can use my house. And I was like, wait, what? And he was like, seriously, you can use my house. It's fine. You can be here as long as you want. And I said, well, we just need to do a morning session. And then we go online in the afternoon. And it was like, whatever you need. So I told this to our, um, to my trainees. And one of the trainees said, well, Dawn, that's, that's what you do. She was like, you make good friends and people help you if you need it. And I just, you know, trying to fight back tears. Like it's important to me, community and friendship mm -hmm relationships with real people are important. And if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do my best to do it. Mm -hmm. Integrity is huge for me. You mean what you say and you do it. Yeah. It's very clear from all of the work that you do and the, even, even the media that you put out there, it's clear that your integrity is prioritized. Mm, good. And then also that you, you had to put 2021's word into practice and surrender again. <laughs> I did. Oh it's funny because a few years back, I asked God for patience and God gave me all kinds of things to test my patience. So when I said surrender again, whatever you put out there, you'll be tested to see if you really believe what you said and you'll continue to have these tests until you pass it and i felt like with this flooding happening be, my studio manager came in she said to me you were so calm and i was like well i i had to let it go hmm. i just had to let it go i was okay i was disappointed but there was no point in being angry upset i had to just let it go and now 
the floors are beautiful. They got put in. The walls are beautiful. It's it's a new, fresh start. It's almost like some people say, well, it's a baptism. And I think it's more like a cleansing. Yeah, I get that. I like the idea of the cleansing. I've had a flood in my life, and it was very significant, and that's what it felt like, too. Yeah. Not a first, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. Two two last things I want to touch on before yes. we part ways. First, your Labor Day weekend retreat, which is for women of color. Tell us a little bit about yeah. that. That's for 2022, and walk us into it a little bit. So, again, this stems from Octavia's retreat in the greater Atlanta area. I worked at a yoga studio as a desk person for five years and practiced at this studio for almost 10. And I would see people say, hey, you should come to this retreat. We're going to Tulum or we're going here and there. And I was thinking, well, how can I do that? If you're, it's, it's a week in Tulum in February, I can't go. So I thought yoga retreats were for rich white women. I mean, I had never seen one where it was accessible for somebody like me. So I disregarded it. And then when she had one and it was on a weekend, it was during Dawn Timber, as I call it. Dawn Timber is my birthday weekend. I said, I'm going to that. Yes, I am. And I said, I could do the same thing. I could do the same thing in Ohio and make it accessible and affordable and fun and comfortable for the people right here. So the first one was in our, we actually have a national park in the greater Cleveland area. So um, the partner that I had at the time, she and I had it there for a weekend. And it was like small, humble, humble beginnings. The next year we were at a Boy Scout. um, I should just say scouting. It was a scouting kind of campground. Again, humble beginnings, but we stepped it up. And then I found a retreat center that's in Southern Ohio and the like foothills of Appalachia. Amazing. When I, when the retreat center director took me into the yoga room, mm. I fell to my knees and cried because oh, God. I said, this is what I dreamed. This is what I visioned a safe space for women to come to, to be nurtured, to be held, to be loved. And the artwork were from indigenous people from around the world. Lakshmi was on there. I said, that's my girl. Mm. Um, Kali was on the wall. Mm -hmm. There was a picture of probably like Lilith slash Eve. It was just, I was overwhelmed. And in the past, I've had to bring all the yoga supplies, blankets, blocks, bolsters, pack my whole car up. I've had to bring a chef in. I've had to do all kinds of stuff, bring the supplies for an art activity, whatever it is. And she said, oh, no, you don't have to do anything. I've even had to bring bedding. I had to clean rooms, bathrooms, kitchens to prepare. And she said, all you have to do is show up. That's how it's supposed to be. Well, when you're working your way up, but I appreciate it so much. And so it's in, it's called Hope Springs Institute, which was founded by some women who used to work at Procter and Gamble in the eighties and very high powered like positions, but these women did not have a network or feel like, you know, connections. You remember in the, like the seventies and the Mm eighties, this like craziness of women trying to get into the workforce. So this Institute was created for women to have retreat and support one another. And they did. 
And then they continue to open it up to more and more places, more and more organizations. And we're able to have it there. This will be the fourth one, Labor Day weekend. Um, still working out the details, but by the time that this lands for the listeners, it will be up on the website. And it's pretty much all inclusive as well. All the food, delicious food. There are options for single and shared rooms. There is a hundred year old farmhouse that is so fun. It's I call it the slumber party house. And then um, around the perimeter of the yoga studio space are other rooms in there. Usually it's quieter. So for those who tend to like quiet space, right? there is a meditation room that is the way that it's shaped. It has the perfect echoing sound for chanting. So when we chant and we meditate in there, it's powerful. Um, there's a labyrinth, there's a hot tub, there are acres and acres of hiking. Yeah. That sounds about right for Don Tember. Does it? And it really does. <laughs> My God. I, um, I'll ask you one last question, let you go. What does prayer mean to you? Hmm. Prayer to me has been my petitions to God. I have been in some way or another, been journaling, praying to God in a written form or a verbal form since I was probably eight or nine years old. I don't remember a time where I didn't believe in God. I'm, I don't think I've ever doubted. My, the way that I see religion has changed and morphed but my connection to God has not. So I feel like it is a way for me to talk to something bigger, greater, vast in a way that is more than just me talking to you. Mm. It's a way for me to release those, those thoughts. And then when I'm still, if it's meditation or if it's just me sitting in a chair and looking at the sky, I feel like God is answering my prayers. Sometimes it's this direct download. It could be visions. And I, I tend to see the answer. Now, the steps between me right here and getting to the answer, they might not be clear, but the answer is usually there. And I feel like that's the, what God gave me from a prayer. Yes. When I pray, just be patient, be still and be quiet. And here it comes. It's always such a refresher and a beautiful reset to talk to you. No matter how long or short our conversations are, I really, really appreciate your mind. I appreciate your heart. I appreciate your commitment to your kids, to your community, to your students, to your own practice. And I really thank you for being here today. It's a pleasure to talk to you. I appreciate you and the connection that we've grown over these like real connection mm. that we've grown as you know like not colleagues but friends yeah and it, it means quite quite a bit for me mm. to have that um so i thank you mm. and thank you for the privilege of being on your podcast mm. and sharing my story um i like doing that it's evolved it's changed and you made it easy for me to share so thank you you're most welcome. More soon, I want to keep track of you as the years go on with regards to how you grow your business, how you how it changes and evolves over time. And just thank you again. We'll talk soon. 
Thank you, AG1, for sponsoring the Practice You podcast. My listener, you've been hearing me talk about AG1 for some time. I think I've been taking it daily for almost three years. 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens in one scoop in the morning. The best way to start your day supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and longevity. The conversation of the moment. The taste is delicious. It's suitable whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar. No nonsense in here at all. It's a multivitamin that your body will actually absorb. If you are wanting to make an investment in your health and longevity, AG1 costs you less than $3 a day, far less expensive, and definitely less time-consuming than many different supplements. Reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient, delicious daily nutrition. And since you listen to the Practice You podcast, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-boosting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Elena. Once again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash E-L-E-N-A. Take ownership of your health, my listener. And thank you, Athletic Greens and AG1.